0: Yes, what happened while impeachment was the only issue in the news. 700,000 people booted off a food stamps got the blues. They re-upped the Patriot Act, so government toggling every move. Trump is not our biggest problem. If he is deposed, will things improve? If he is such a disaster, why'd they give them money for a wall? Why'd they vote for his big tax break? Always getting in without a squall. Taking money from the poor to handle the
1: be a star, song. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food thought. You got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. Couple of weeks before the big day, Carrie, right? Getting into the Christmas mood? Oh,
0: oh a
2: little
1: bit. That, <laughs> not so much. That's not a very, uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah, a little not so not, not, much. I got my tree up. Well, yeah. I
2: didn't put my tree up.
1: My son put my tree wait. up. Okay, all right. So we've got, um, Welcome. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're taping this show on Friday. And Friday, a new meaning after yesterday's. So the marijuana is now legalized, Carrie. it's right. Except you can't buy it anywhere, right?
2: I don't know. I thought something they were going to start dispersing at the medical I
1: don't know, dispensaries.
2: I, don't, I read, but I don't care because yeah, that's I, not my thing. Yeah,
1: I know. I, I don't know how this is all going to work out either. So we've got a um, busy time of year for everyone, right, including Carrie, our clients who are, you know, working on year-end planning issues, and it's getting late now. Right. You know, we've been warning people for a long, long time now that things get bottlenecked. There's, you know, 65 million or 55 or 65, whatever, million people over 65. I guess it's 56 million over 65. Maybe that's it. Right. Um, There's a lot of people who are trying to get RMDs done at year-end, trying to do Roth conversions before year-end.
2: QCDs.
1: Um, and yeah, QCDs and, and qualified charitable distributions. Right. And, and making sure they have enough withholding being right. done. They have, they have to make a final withholding adjustment, perhaps on the RMD, let's say, or at a regular IRA distribution. They, they're trying to build up their cash reserve. They know they got to pay off those Christmas bills that are coming and they've got real estate taxes coming due the first, you know, couple of weeks of January. Um, so it's, it's a very busy time. And we say, yeah, and, and it's one of our busiest times because this is really when we are working with their clients on what we call year end planning, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, a, and it's a coordinated effort. And so on these last, uh, the, these recent shows, you can always go back and listen to our podcast. Carrie will tell you more about how to get those in, in a minute here. But um, the idea is getting into that template so to speak that financial planning discipline that you you know it's not the it's not the rut. it's not like what you did last year is what you're going to do this year is what you're going to do next year and for the next 30 years of retirement right Mm and it's more you know you have to kind of look and say what's happening this year um what do i need to do is my cash reserve too low um am i now have a required minimum i've started dealing with that or am I looking to do another maneuver, like you're saying, a QCD or a Roth conversion or mm-hmm. something like that? So it's, it's still the template, though, of going through and getting year-to-date data. That's why you can't get started too early because right. uh, surprises happen during the year, financial surprises I'm talking about. So at this point, okay, the, hopefully the surprises are out of the way. You get year-end data coordination between your investment advisors this year. That includes not only getting your realized year-to-date capital gain loss. It's also making sure you got a good indicator on how much interest income that right. you've you, because
2: because hopefully people's interest income is higher than in 2022 reflected on the tax return if not maybe that's an issue and maybe that's another um, flag. A, a, right. or an opportunity right. that you should you're missing out yeah. on and dividends
1: so so it's that idea of you know saying what my year to date where do you stand year to date are you trying to build up cash no your cash reserve okay okay do you still have room on your tax return to make a tax maneuver that would you know maybe lessen the tax load coming down the line later on um, but also, we, we got a lot of economic data. We got the triple play payroll this week. Mm-hmm. Right, Gary? And, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. Was that was surprising. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of times, too, um, it's it's that is good news, bad news, you know, depending on how you look at it. And so mixed uh, mixed reports, you know, between when we talk about the three uh, reports, you, you know, you talk about the, the the ADP report. Oh, do we listen to ADP no, anymore? But <laughs> was... The the, uh, the JOLTS report, um, and and then the the jobs report that came out this morning on on Friday. Um, and then also in between the weekly jobless claims is always, you know, looking at as well as a, as a meter of how the labor market is going in this country, because how the labor market goes has a big, uh, a big part of whether the Federal Reserve, what they're going to do in the future and whether they can navigate this soft landing, right? Um, it's so also a lot of our clients still worried it's inflation nation, Gary, right? So we've been talking. So are you doing any doom spending, Gary?
2: Doom spending. What do you mean?
1: Oh, I'll have to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't that.
2: know. That's a new one.
1: Yeah. Are, are you doing doom spending? Um, they say your kids are mm. the millennials and the – well, and they're actually saying the X generation, X generators okay. are too. Um, you know, doom spending. We'll talk I'll, a bit about that. I'll be that. interested
2: because maybe I – maybe I don't know. It depends um, what that – I mean, there's a couple connotations from that.
1: I also I want you know I haven't talked about it in a while you know it's, it's speaking your in bad tax matters.
2: Okay. Oh yeah.
1: Um and there and there's a couple of I I could always talk about a, a, the whole hour on bad tax matters <laughs> and, and and but there's a couple of things there's a huge um more versus the United States that's going to the Supreme Court that could have a major implications on the future of how you know the you know the the, the ability of Congress to enact taxation that goes beyond the sixteenth amendment, which talks about taxing income. Okay, so this has to do with of course the wealth billionaire the wealth tax. Remember Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax and Biden's billionaire tax mm-hmm. and you know whether or not that they you know can they do that? Can they not? Because how do you tax you know wealth? Um, right. it's not earned. Or you know, you say, well it is earned, it's like, well, I don't know, so this this is a court case. It's going to Supreme Court. It'll be that you know they're taking arguments right now. It probably will be resolved in June of twenty of next year, which is Gary right before right. the election. Isn't that interesting? Mm, um, always
2: Mark you know I know um I'm gonna go back to the beginning when you said about year end planning and it's a busy time for custodians, so if you think you're gonna wait until Christmas or after Christmas. Between and Christmas and New Year's? Because the custodians have said as long as you get the paperwork by year end. We've heard that before and guess what? So people are on vacations. People get sick. It's winter. People are out of the office. You know, most custodians have a drop dead date where they guarantee that it gets done and for some companies it's december 8th some it's december 15th some are the 20th but pay attention i would not wait even if they tell you till the last business day of the year to that point because things happen emails don't go through faxes don't go through mail doesn't you know even if you overnight it doesn't mean it gets opened and processed in a timely manner because we've seen it every year happen to someone
1: and you have to kind of follow up oh yeah just you know, you send off that email. Just don't assume it's done. No. Um, now it was really bad in the pandemic shutdown, Carrie.
2: Right? Oh, absolutely. It, has and has I don't it think
1: gotten any better? I, I mean, I
2: think slightly, but I think customer service is kind of not the same. Because they still haven't gone back to the office? Yeah. Or oh, I don't um, know.
1: Right or the Great Resignation? You know, they're they just it's lower staff. But so yeah, so certainly yeah, we we can't say enough that. It's you're not the only one who's trying to get some year end you mm-hmm. know maneuvers done and and you know word to the wise um, all right right so the um yeah and then and then i I want to finish up by kind of looking at a, a case. Reviews that we call that sometimes, you know, what we mean by year end planning, right? And, and, and just, you know, it's, it's the idea of saying we're very active planners at the estate planning team. And, and we're also, we've been talking about it's the anticipation. In other words, you need to, if you want to get good at financial planning, you need to anticipate what's coming down in the future. What, you know, you need to anticipate, for example, if you think there's going to be a recession. Okay, let's anticipate that. Let's build in a plan R, a modeling that says let's model in a recession in the next two to three years or however right. quickly you want to do it. Um, if you're saying, hey, I think I'm going to retire in three years, well, don't wait. You know? <laughs> yeah, we always say if you work 30 years for a company, don't make your pension right. election in 30 minutes. Um, you know, or the idea of um, you know, how much spending I can do, you know, anticipate that maybe higher inflation for longer, right? And and, and kind of go from there. Um, all right, so um, we'll talk about so we'll we'll go over a, a particular a case that's a good example of how and and coordination of advisors, how we always mm-hmm. say that's so important. Um, you were just mentioning. You know, working with the custodians of your tax qualified plans and make sure that, um, you know, and that they understand what you're trying to do. You coordinate that with your tax people to make sure that you're not taking out too much of an IRA um, that's uh, causing you to go through a tax threshold, mm-hmm. um, or else if you're just doing your required minimum, are you making the right withholding election so that you've got your estimated tax safe harbors? That's another good example of what you did last year in terms of how much you had withheld. May right. not be how much you want withheld this year, might not be how much you want to have withheld next year. Right. Um, all right. So, just real quickly, with the triple play payroll, you know, it's so it started with the the nobody cares the ADP report. I, I don't spend a lot of time on this either. The you know the consensus was looking for one hundred thirty thousand new jobs. It came in at one hundred three. Okay, um, so that was kind of starting saying, "Whoops, you know that's disappointing." Um, uh, you know, and and the, the other two things also came in lower. You know, they this particular ADP report. They also talk about percentage of people who are um, that are uh, staying at their jobs and okay and, and that dropped lo- slightly to about 5.6 percent and also is it's, it's it, they look at the job jumpers you know the ones that are going across the street to get you know the right. the higher pay. And they're saying that came a little bit lower, too. That came about 8.3%. So the whole thing, ADP was kind of saying things cooling off. But then, you know, more important, perhaps, is the JOLTS report. Now, remember, the JOLTS report is two months old. So we got the October, you know, results for the JOLTS. Um, And the street was looking for 9.3 million job openings. Um, It missed, Gary. It came in at 8.7. That's the lowest level since March of 2021. Okay. Oh, geez. it's still. Remember, at the peak, we were saying there is like two jobs available for every worker. Yeah. Okay, now that's down to about one point three jobs. So that is saying that the labor market is um, is somewhat um, you know you know decline you know getting to you know the the, the 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 but we also though the report highlighted that there really hasn't been a lot of layoffs okay, so so there is a decline in openings, but if that comes along with not a a spike in layoffs, you know what that equals carry a soft landing mm. all right so so people are so that was somewhat of a positive thing. Um, you know, it's that rebalancing of uh, between the labor supply and the labor demand um, and you know if they can if the, if they can work that out, um the Federal Reserve is gonna you know be very, very happy. Um, weekly jobless claims. Um, the, the street was looking for 222000 It came in at 220000 right on consensus. But they, they kind of put a, a whole asterisk behind this, carry because it's Thanksgiving week. Right. So just basically throw it out the window. It's meaningless in Thanksgiving week because so much is, is going on. So then what everyone was waiting for, of course, was the jobs report. You know, non-farm payrolls um the consensus the the medium consensus was looking for about 185,000 it got an upside beat it came in at okay. 199,000 okay um but again um a lot of people are saying part of that was the um the the laid off UAW workers went back to work okay so they they say you have to kind of make a, an adjustment for that um and the the big eyebrow raiser in the today's jobs report was the unemployment rate. Okay, okay. so last month it was three point nine percent, and the experts thought it would be the same this month, three point nine percent. It was a big drop to three point seven. That's a pretty big drop.
2: Oh, that is huge. Um,
1: What's going on there? Three point seven. Well, they that's the big question. Um, but you know that's not good news for the Federal Reserve. Uh, remember, Federal Reserve keep was, has always been saying that the pain, right? They, they've they've right. got to get the pain to get this inflation down. Um, and you know, and and they were thinking that you know the the historically and experts think, you probably have to get you have to probably kind of be yeah approaching that four percent for a while, um, be and not you know the to to get to get that pain going again. Um, and, and not that 4% unemployment is the end of the world. I mean, there's a lot of countries that would die for a 4% unemployment rate. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so, so, so kind of go from there. So what does this all, so what does this all mean for the federal reserve next week? They have the FOMC meeting next week. I think Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I, I don't know, Carrie, I, I just don't know if chairman Paul, has the balls of Holly to to raise interest rates two weeks before Christmas? I don't Christmas. think so. Um, I, I just think the data is. I think it's so precarious right now. now I think
2: he's just going to hold and not do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he's going to claim victory in terms of no, soft I'm landing. No, I'm saying
2: they're just going to say we're going to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to announce cuttings. The cuts are starting in January. Right. Um. You know. I. I. I yeah. I. I don't know. Um. I, yeah, I, I think – but what I was going to say, Kerry, is CPI data comes out before he has to talk. So whether that, you know, plays into <laughs> anything that he says, because we'll get the next CPI report on Tuesday uh, and we'll see how the inflation nation is going. Um, but, you know, President Biden's going to take a victory lap for, for you know, the 199,000 jobs right. carrying a 3.7 unemployment rate. You know, that's coming. Um all right, so okay. Why don't you, um, why don't you all right, give us get us started here, and then I'll I'll come back and talk about right. some bad tax matters.
2: All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning between nine and ten. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're single, married, widow, divorced, retired, or still working, have a blended family, um, whatever that may be, and hopefully make you aware of issues, opportunities, potential problems, and really about choices you have and hopefully educating our listeners so that they're being proactive about their financial life. We are sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio register fee-based, affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm. What we do is financial modeling and number crunching and detailed, objective, unbiased analysis so people know what to do when it comes to their financial life and taking into account what they can spend, what growth rates they really need to make their money last, um, how to use opportunities in the complicated tax code, looking at all their assets um, and building in these financial models, whether it is just a base case scenario, what their current thinking is, a worst case scenario, so they know, oh, do I really need to worry about that? Or maybe even if the worst happens, I'm still going to be okay. My... Projected wealth may not be, or my net worth may not be as big, but it's really not materially affecting some of my choices and financial spending. Um, How do I create the income timing of social security, pension elections? Are you getting ready to retire or want to know if you can afford to retire or even if it's? you know, leaving your current job and can I afford to work part time? And if it's before 65, pay those higher healthcare premiums, whatever that may be. And then how do we make things better? How do we use planning opportunities to put more money in your pocket? We're not investment advisors. That's not what we do. Um, we do look at assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency. We work with our clients who do the investments on their own, or they already have a company plan, and you can keep that company plan. We don't care. And if you have an investment advisor you love, we're happy to talk with them, too. That's not what we do. Um We've been helping people for more than 36 years now in the greater Cleveland area. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We're happy to do that by phone or in person. If you're someone who wants to see about our process, how we're different and how we may be able to help you since we only recommend our services, if you can actually benefit. We're scheduling now through um, the first quarter of 2024. If you don't have time with the holidays coming up, and I know everybody's busy um, with year end and family and prepping, um, you can get on the calendar right after the first of the year and start the new year off right by taking control of your financial plan our financial life and get a plan. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone again, or person leave a message, we will call you back on Monday. Or you can email us through the website. And the website is financialfoodforthought.com. You can email us for a free consultation, you can sign up for the new newsletter, Um, you can contact us with questions or suggestions, whatever that may be. But that's 440-239-2090, or Financial Food for thought.com and you can uh, the website does have a link to our podcast if you want to hear any previous programs
1: alright so bad tax matters this is a combination of when we're just (laughs) that it's a very complicated tax code. I don't think anyone's arguing that. But also what we say at the State Planning Team is always be looking for opportunities. So bad tax, meaning there's bad tax law out there, mm-hmm. or bad tax planning, meaning you're missing some opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So so let's talk about – so we're talking about what has to get done before a year. And how about the teachers out there, Carrie? Right. So right, don't look now. You got about three more weeks to max out the deduction. That's where you know teachers get right. the, the deduct um, up to three hundred dollars for the cost of their unreimbursed expenses. Okay. Now I think most teachers do do this. Right. I, I, think if I they're, would hope. If they're working with any professional, right, tax preparer, they're probably you know prompting them for this. Um, but if you're not, you still have three weeks to get it in. You don't have to be able to itemize to write this off. Um, and by the way, we've had some cases, Carrie, where both husband and wife were both teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd each get the $300, uh, $600 for spouses right. who are both teachers and filing jointly. Um, now, homeschooling parents, do they get it, Carrie? No. No. Okay. You can't. You don't get it if you're homeschooling. Um, it's only for K-12 to educators who work 900-plus hours during a school year um, in an elementary or secondary school um and also unfortunately this is one you know this 300 is not going up at all with inflation you know all you know we've talked. we if you go back and listen to our shows over the last couple of months we've been talking about all the cost of living increases in our tax Mm -hmm. code for next year this one unfortunately is not going up. so but if you haven't done that yet make sure you do that um now this other case was i was referring to carrie it could have major impact on the future of the of the taxing the wealthy in this country. And a lot of people think that's the only thing that they're, they're going to have to do it eventually. Right. Uh, we have a little bit of a debt problem that this country, you know, and, and I don't see either party cutting spending. Gary, I know mm-hmm. we've had that discussion, right. that debate. And I, no, I think the only political party that cares about cutting spending is the current political party that's not in power. Right. Um, I think they
2: all should cut spending and they're going to have to cut spending and raise
1: taxes. So what are we talking about? So we're talking about um, a case. It's 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 more versus the U.S. And it's in it's it's refers to Charles and Kathleen Moore. The the taxpayer. And they want to get a refund of fourteen thousand seven hundred twenty nine dollars. Okay. And this is going to Supreme Court and could have major tax law implications for everybody. Okay. Over fourteen grand. Okay. So you can see this is more of a political.
2: Right. Or than, a bigger picture they care more about than it.
1: Right. And it, it goes back to, we, we talk about President Trump's Jobs Tax Cut Act of 2017, which, by the way, for the individual tax that those those expire at the end of twenty twenty five, and we talk a lot about that in this show, and, and talk about anticipation, Carrie. Right. That's what. That's a good example. Are you anticipating when Trump's lower tax rates expire at the end of twenty twenty five, including the federal state tax exemptions, is going to be cut in half? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, um, but part of that package, Carrie. Um, included what was called the mandatory rep- um, repatri- uh, repatriation. Okay. It's a tough word for me to right, say. Right, it is. It was a repatriation. You know, that's the idea that the companies were sheltering their income from U.S. taxes right. over in foreign lands, and they were just keeping the money in the foreign lands. Right. And Trump said, hey, look, at we're going to give you time. you got to get it back. you right. got to get it back into this country. You're going to be taxed on it, but we'll, we'll do a 50% tax on it. So it it comes out of that. Okay. So it was a Demo- It wasn't a democratic. This was really a Republican. Okay. Um, but you know that tax cuts and jobs act was bipartisan. You know it got passed. All right. Um, and so, but so that hit this couple, and what they're saying is that they're making an argument that they invested i'm not going to get too far in the weeds right. cuz I don't have enough time but they invested in this company in india they, and they said they were passive investors and they never got any money back okay yet because of this tax they were taxed and they're oh, saying oh but they
2: never got income on their investment right
1: and they never y- yeah and they say well how, you can't do it um, and so it's it's so that then they then they're backed by a group a, a legal group who is you know trying to oppose um, these 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 ideas that you can go after the net worth of the wealthy and tax that? Okay, they're saying that's not that's not what the Sixteenth Amendment was about, right? You know, the Sixteenth Amendment talked about taxing income. Um,
2: right. If there's no income and you're uh, now I have to pay taxes on that.
1: You know, and and you know now you can make an argument. Well, what about the estate tax because that's taxing wealth right but that's more of the get good that historically goes back to like the stamp tax right you know that's the idea of your track your your taxing on the transfer of assets
2: you know mm-hmm. going from
1: mom to son right that's a transfer of assets the wealth tax you know Elizabeth Warren's billion you know wealth tax or President Biden's billionaires tax mean you, you know you're not transferring your property to anyone right yet they want to tax you on it hmm every year. Um and how how is it even going to be is implemented? That, I was going to say, Who's going to do all the valuations, all like that. Um, so this, like I said, um, now, but they're saying if 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 this couple Moors win, it'll be chaos for the tax code. Okay, both sides, you, you, Um, uh, you know, and and also it may it may cause that the companies that paid the tax right. could they now file for refunds.
2: Oh, yeah, because if I had to pay it,
1: okay, um so the the one you know think tank said, um yeah so they're saying yeah they would they all those companies they would go back and they would try to collect refunds, and that would be billions of dollars that the government would have to pay back um yeah I'm trying to see I was looking for another thing, Carrie um also if it's if it's overturned the the budget already has future revenues
2: accounted for based on this
1: yeah that's about three trillion oh okay um because it it was going to happen over 10 years okay and it's 17 we're not quite done with the 10 years right um so we'll see um and the uh yeah, a victory for the Morris could cause chaos across federal tax code uh, and invite litigation over a swath of provisions enacted over decades. Um, yeah, it's it just it it's just it would you know and even Paul Ryan remember Paul Ryan? Hmm. Um. He he was even came out and said no you can't you know it'd be it, it would just be terrible if um can't find it right now it would be terrible if if they if they had to reverse this um and that all the other you know you know all the other tax codes um that would that would be that would could be subject now to interpretation of being changed um oh here it is here's paul ryan a lot of the tax code would be unconstitutional if that thing prevailed um he goes on to say, "I'm not for a wealth tax, but I think if you use this as an argument to spike a wealth tax, meaning kill it, you're going to basically get rid of I don't know about one third of the tax code." Whew. So we'll see uh, on that. So I don't know. Keep your. I mean, does this affect everybody listening? Of course not. Right. Um, does it affect some people listening? Yes, but if, if it, the idea is you know it, maybe it would squash the idea of and and we don't even know at the time when Elizabeth Warren was talking about it, we kind of said there gonna, there's going to be a constitutional debate about this right and and it kind of died and then B- Biden's bill back better kind of died um and it's it's still bouncing around as an idea um, you know to tax the wealthy to pay right. off the debt um, and, and not cut social Security or Medicare benefits you know just tax the wealthy and this is a great way to do it uh, in a new inventive way to do it right um, but if it's you know but if it if it so it will be interesting to see how the Supreme Court rules on this
2: all right regardless of that you can take advantage of a free consultation by calling the estate planning team at four four zero. or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell here this morning.
1: And I asked you, Carrie, at the beginning of the show, are you doing any doom spending?
2: Yeah, that's a new word.
1: Well, it it comes out of the shock lines, right? I was going
2: to say, is it the spending, because I don't care, because it's all going to go to pot anyway, so I might as well enjoy my life, or is it the doomsday, the prepper's?
1: Yeah. The... I didn't
2: know which way to take it. <laughs> Am I like store, stocking up on food? And... the?
1: Uh, it's more of the, the former. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's like, why are Americans feeling gloomy about the economy despite falling inflation and low unemployment? Um, the economy is booming, but inflation continues to sour Americans. Okay. Um, you know, the... Uh, the, this is interesting. You probably heard this week, during the week here. The average American household is a millionaire huh? with a net worth of $1.06 million.
2: Well, that's interesting. So
1: why do people feel so broke? Well, that's why we keep saying, who cares about the average?
2: Right. I mean, don't we have a lot of people in this country on all... I mean, you talk about the wealth gap.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's... Okay, Um yeah, the Federal Reserve's 2022 Consumer Finance Survey unveils a striking picture of American prosperity, revealing that the mean net worth of the average ho- – that's a bunch of averaging. The mean net worth of the average household mm-hmm. has ascended to $1.06 million, a 23% you know, increase from um, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, this statistic – while impressive, masks a more nuanced and unequal economic landscape. That's the wealth gap. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this, but but all this is saying. So why are, um, you know, what accounted for those huge Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales? Um, okay, and so it gets into doom spending. Here we go, Carrie. Okay. Shoppers are worried about the economy, so they're doom spending to make themselves feel better.
2: Oh, just spending just because? Yeah. No.
1: Doom spending is the idea of spending money to cope with the stress about the economy or foreign affairs. No. Okay. More to than me, a, that
2: would stress me out more.
1: More than a quarter of Americans are doom spending. According to That's report, a
2: huge amount.
1: I know. <laughs> it's are you saying basically great. it's
2: screw it. I'm just going to do whatever.
1: Um, well,
2: because it's bad. I need to distract myself. Like to well, me, that would stress me out more. Well,
1: Obviously there were some doom spending over, you know, cyber week or whatever, but black Friday. Right. Week. Um, the article just gone. So Americans are stressed out about their finances and some are coping by spending more money. Um, okay. Okay. Much like doom scrolling, we're seeing people mindlessly shop to soothe concerns about the economy and foreign affairs, which could take a toll on their financial well-being, you think?
2: Yeah. So you're basically, it, I, oh, I always thought that was called retail therapy. I've heard people call it. I'm not that person, but didn't okay. people call it retail therapy because it made them feel better so, when they're stressed?
1: And, and <laughs> they mentioned they mention here doom scrolling. I, I Do you know what that is? I had Online to look that shopping? up. shopping? No, doom scrolling, or doom surfing, is the act of spending an excessive amount of time reading large quantities of negative news online.
2: Oh, no, I don't do that either. That's what Heck I keep no. calling
1: the shock lines, right? Right.
2: Oh, I don't do that either. I'm probably opposite that.
1: Okay. Uh, or the Cassandras, right? You know, yeah, they're, they're getting, listen to the Cassandras. Um, all right. So, doom scrolling. I right, know
2: right. a lot of people that do that. Of course. <laughs> I know quite a few.
1: Um, okay. Um, because they're saying about 5.3 billion of the Black Friday sales came from mobile purchases. Um, and mobile—are they talking about their phone? Oh, maybe like
2: the new phones.
1: Yeah, I get. You know, I don't shop for my phone. You don't. I get
2: a phone. No. I, well, no. I've I, done
1: it, but not. I, don't. I get a
2: phone when my phone's not working or keeps glitching. Then it. No, then I, no.
1: Just do you do your shopping with your phone? Like, do you go um, to the websites and say, I'm going to order this on my phone?
2: Sometimes I will Amazon, like, some things. But okay. in general, I don't like to do that. I will a little bit if I need to. Well,
1: I guess the you know the millennials are doing it, and I guess the, the Z generations are doing it. The phenomena is most prevalent among younger generations. But they're saying, you know, with 35% of the Gen Zers and about 43% of the malicious millennials admitting to doom spending. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but because a, a, the point is that they're trying to make is if they're shopping online, they're, they ain't using cash. Right. They're using credit cards. Credit and cards. guess
2: what? Credit cards. That's a big problem.
1: It's over a trillion. Right. Um and 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 those credit card rates kind of went up this year. How does
2: that doom thing? Like I don't I don't get the the mentality. Or at least like be frugal about it.
1: Um I don't know. Younger generations are particularly concerned about how tough economic conditions may impact their future, wages, job security, and ability to land a lucrative job per the report. So I don't know, I guess um, the rise in doom spending also comes as more Americans dig into their pandemic era savings. Um, yeah. And they're saying they're, they are saying they they do not really explain why, you know, remember Jamie Dimon, remember he came out and said, you know, Americans that they're spending like drunken sailors. Um, he tried to warn everybody about it. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Doom spending. I don't think that's the solution. Um, but if if that's your solution, what we, well, all we suggest is that um, maybe you want to run a detailed financial model to see if you can do this right. additional spending, or if you are using credit cards, can you service your credit card debt without paying twenty to twenty five percent interest rates?
2: Right, and that can be an issue that can impact your financial aid. Maybe you're not worried about it. Maybe you're worried about your kids. Maybe your Christmas gift will be to pay the credit card with the understanding that they're not going to put more on there. Um, So take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person. Look for opportunities when all this bad news. If you're worried about something, find out if it's it's a real concern for you in the future. Or maybe there's things that you don't know you should be worried about that you're not because you don't know what you don't know. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right, and listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we've certainly helped a lot of clients get their arms around and make a decision regarding this. So what could be their, their dilemma that they're facing is that they want to retire before age 65, but there's a one reason what's keeping them from doing that. Health care? You got it. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's that old idea that, well, I can't get Medicare until 65, and if I leave my employer's health care plan, that means I got to go get it on my own. Right. Because very few employers these days, it's a difference between the generations, right. they don't have retiree health care benefits as part of their right. exit package.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and so if you're on your own, so Carrie, have we heard that a few times over oh, the yeah. decades about, oh, I can't retire until I'm 65.
2: Right. That's kind of a, especially if somebody comes in for a free account or even a client that doesn't know because they, and if you've done the price, it's a hefty price tag per month. It can be over a thousand per person. It can be, you know, 800 to a thousand on average, depending on what you're getting, your health issues. But people think that prevents them. But for some people it could, other people maybe not. I mean, that's not a good enough reason if you don't want to work and be at your job anymore.
1: So what we've tried to do in those cases is say, well, let's not just make a decision by, you know, the feeling about it. Let's try to build a model or a scenario that, sees, that, says, that, that indicates whether we think you're in the ballpark right. of doing it or not, as opposed to saying, no, you're right, you work till 65,
2: Right, have analysis done so you're making an informed decision,
1: and that's what this case review was about. So this this was a a, a client. Now this was um, this happened a, a few years ago, um, but it's it's still. It, I bring this case out because it it really it, it's a good example of what I mean by you know anticipating what's going to happen in your financial future, um, coordination of your advisors and running a model based on conservative and realistic assumptions mm-hmm. All right um, so the client you know they were age 60 when we started working with them and that was one of the things that came out in their goals and objectives that they wanted to retire at 60 um, at 62. But the reason that they didn't think they could do it was because of this health care issue. All right. So, but the 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 first thing that they have going for them is that they're not coming, They're it's they're still three years away. Right. They're, they're at age 60 and they're saying, Mark, I want to retire at 62. So that gives them year 60, 61, and
2: 62.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, you know, that right. basically. Um, all right. And- and now we're saying we only have to cover 2 years, right, of healthcare on your own. Right. 63 and 64. Okay. Because 65 you're on Medicare. Right. All right. So that's what people I think is the initial thing they miss. You know, it's it, it it's it it might not be the end of the world that or you know that you that maybe you can't afford your own healthcare for a couple of years. Right. All right. Um now um, so, but first you've got, you know, what they weren't willing to give up was their lifestyle. Okay. All right. So they didn't want to reduce their spending
2: Okay. to
1: be able to do this. Um, they didn't hate their job that much. They hated their job a lot. Okay. I mean, they were not hated. We you know what I'm saying. They were done. They right. were done with the 60 hour, you know, rat waste. Okay. Um, so maybe they thought, well, maybe you know. and So that was part of the discussions as well. If we, if you can't full out retire, maybe you can retire from the rat race, get an encore career job, doing something part time, even if it doesn't cover health care, it, it's still giving you some cash flow. Okay. To help you pay for the insurance. Um. But we also, you know, talk to them about well, what about the Obamacare? You know that the Affordable Health Care Act, right. right? The ACA, where you go on the exchanges to get your health insurance, and you may be able to get a subsidy, right? That would reduce the cost. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, yeah, but I mean, don't you have? To, I mean, how much? How low does your income have to be, you know, to get that subsidy? Well, this is where we started working with their accountants and, and mm-hmm. we're running projections. Now, remember, we're doing this three years in advance. So we have to kind of extrapolate some things. Right. Um, but the idea is saying, um, but it, it, it gets to the point of being active. Jump, you know, When they implement a plan, now we jumpstart to where they are doing it. Then every year we're working with their CPA to get the sweet spot. We'll talk more about that, the numbers in a minute. But um, so the idea was that, well, one of the things is that ACA subsidy um, is based on adjusted gross income. So if you can keep your adjusted income adjusted gross income low, you can get the subsidy. So but if you still need to come up with your cash flow, their cash flow needs carrier was running about 90,000 a year. okay? And that's why they thought they would never get a subsidy, right okay because that would certainly you know take them over the subsidy level, but um there but when when we with their CPA was saying, well no actually you would you know the sweet spot you you would still probably get the subsidy if you could keep your you know keep your income um you know, at around forty thousand dollars or you know, forty, okay. forty five thousand. I'm trying to remember back what you say, but yeah, it was around forty, forty five thousand. In other words, that would be the sweet spot that if they could keep their adjusted gross income around forty to forty five thousand, okay. They'd be able to get the full subsidy. Okay. Okay. Um so we so if so the so we start putting the plan together, meaning that one of the things that we that they were going to do, and they had already, you know, with their four hundred one k, they had already kind of realized that they had enough in IRAs. Right. See, they could do it. They they could they could start taking money out of their IRAs if he right. retires, but that's going to increase their adjusted gross income, right?
2: Which then they'll lose the subsidy.
1: Now, interesting enough, they had started. They realized that they had too much money wrapped up in tax quality in the IRAs, so they had or four hundred one ks actually at the time. Um, So they had already, he had already started switching over to fund the Roth 401k. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we said, well, yeah, so let's, so let's go that route. Let's go all to the Roth 401k for your last three years of working. That'll big up, that will build up a nice Roth pot. Right. That you can use for those two years that were, you know, you want to kind of keep your, okay. So then we also talked to their, so that was part of the plan. Then we also talked to their investment advisor who was managing their non-qualified. And there was about, you know, the the, the, the non-qualified investments were spinning off about eighteen thousand dollars a year between interest, dividends, and capital gains. Okay? And they were just reinvesting it all. And we said, well, maybe part of the thinking, part of the you know thinking from going from the accumulations phase to the distribution phase is yeah, we're not saying that you have to change your investments if especially if you like your investments, but the idea is maybe you want to change from reinvesting the eighteen thousand dollars to having that paid out to you, okay, okay? Um, it's the same tax, it takes up the same tax room, right? okay, so if you um so now, if you're saying okay if that 18,000 is coming from the the dividend they're not selling their investments right. they're just siphoning off the interest dividends and capital gains right okay um and let's say um you know you you you're, they're trying to get they're trying to max out 45,000 right so if 18 of it is coming from the dividends and capital gains About another 27, we can do from the IRA.
2: Right.
1: Okay. That gets us a 45, right? Right. The sweet spot. And where do we get the other 45? The Roth IRA. Mm
2: hmm.
1: Okay. Now, um, so there we get their $90,000. Okay. Um, And they're in the Obamacare sweet spot for the subsidy. Mm hmm. Okay. And when we went through that, calculation where they realized, Hey, I can't afford that Obamacare mm-hmm. cost, especially if now that I know I can, if I, I I'm going to get the, the, the subsidy. Right. Okay. Um, so, it, so it's that, so it's that coordination of advisors. It's working with the CPAs. It's working with the investment advisor. So we want everybody on the, you know, on the plan. And now, it, you know, we just start, you know, and we just we, we so for the years up and leading up to that, we just fine tuned it every year Right. as we got closer and closer to the actual and you know and kind of going from there. Um, now, yes, that's going to put a dent in the Roth IRA,
2: right? Okay. But it's also saved them a lot of money on health care premiums and, and allowed them to achieve their goals.
1: We still have the thirty year model. Showing that they're not running out of money at the end of thirty years. Right. Even though they're dipping into the Roth maybe before they were originally planning. And it's only for two years. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if they they can always do more Roth conversions later on. Right. Um if they wanted to. Um so that's so that's what we mean By, you know, looking for opportunities in a very complicated tax code and coordinating planning with all the the professionals that you're working with. Right. Um, And the idea is, you know, is your Monte Carlo analysis pointing you out how to do this?
2: No, because there's a lot of steps.
1: Um, and that's what we keep saying. And, and so as opposed to just saying, you know, you know, it's that it's a change of thinking. It's going from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase. It's trying to achieve your main goals. They wanted to retire at 63. They wanted to, you know, have enough money to last 90. And now just, just out of curiosity or not curiosity, just as a note, we had, you know, the, these Obamacare subsidies. Remember, we had the enhanced subsidies right. that started during the pandemic shutdown. Right? Mm-hmm. They've been extended now. They've been extended twice, actually. Right. The, the latest, the uh, you know, the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, have extended those now through 2025. They were set to expire okay. originally in 2021. You know, and so were, so these are the enhanced subsidies. Right. Okay, even more money. Um, and so just just an example of, you know, one of the sites that's, you know, that talks about the enhanced subsidy. They just give an example, Carrie. This, this was an our client. This was just an example they give. So they took a 60-year-old couple who had income of $70,000, Carrie, right? Okay. And normally they would have had to pay $1,859 per month or $22,307 a year for this silver plan.
2: Okay. That's
1: what people say. I can't do it, Mark. Right. I just can't, I, that's way too high. But
2: maybe, I know it's high, but for some people, maybe you could.
1: Maybe you could. But but if they got, but following the, getting the enhanced subsidies, that drops that price from 1859 down to 496 a month.
2: Whew, that's a huge
1: drop. $5,950 a year, as opposed to $22,307 a year. See now you're starting to think maybe I can get in that ballpark, right? Um, And yes, it's 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 maybe going against traditional thinking that you're never supposed to take out of your Roth IRA early. Um, It depends. It it depends on what your goals and objectives are. But in this case, it you know our client said, yeah, that's the plan I want to do. That plan was implemented. We kept the plan. We actively worked that plan through the years. And it worked out for them, kind of as planned. Of course, expenses always right. don't follow the plan exactly, but you know, working around that, and and that was a phase. That was just a short term phase. Mm-hmm. It was from that retirement at sixty three, you know, to, you know, basically at sixty two. But you know, for the sixty three and the sixty four year, doing this plan. And we don't, and that's what I mean. We're no longer doing that plan. Now we're back to the normal planning now that they're on Medicare and now we're going through that. So that's what, you know, that's an example of anticipating what's going to happen to you financially in the future, looking for opportunities in a very complicated tax code and making sure you're coordinating with all your advisors so that everyone is on the same page.
2: Take advantage of a free no-obligation consultation. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us on our website at FinancialFoodForThought.com. That's FinancialFoodForThought.com.
1: All right. Next week, we'll look at Nation with CPI. Have a good week, everyone. Go Browns!